today on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I was laying there and I was waiting to die. But in this moment, the Lord spoke to me. A seed has been planted in your heart. And it's going to grow from anger to hatred, or it's going to grow from forgiveness to love. You need to choose. I was beaten by a man that would end up being the only man that would beat me. I felt like God speak to my heart as he was beating me that, Dan, I want to teach you to love your enemies. They, they say, what is this inside the metal shipping container sink? But they know the military, before they go to war, they sing. They know the power of song. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Each week here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, you hear about the faithfulness of God's people facing opposition and persecution. And you hear stories of how God shows his power and his faithfulness in the darkest places. That's what you're going to hear today as well, but in kind of a super concentrated form. Today, we're going to revisit some of the most powerful and inspiring stories from 2018. And we're going to hear from several guests who met God in a powerful way while imprisoned or attacked for their faith and watched God do amazing things. We're going to start today with Helen Berhane. She's a worship leader and a singer from Eritrea. When the government there cracked down on churches, they realized the power of Helen's voice when she raised it in worship to the Lord. So they locked her up. She was kept in a metal shipping container and taken out regularly to be beaten. When she was there in the dark, she thought about Paul and Silas. In Acts 16, we read that when they were beaten and jailed, they chose to respond by singing. And that's what Helen did as well, fighting her spiritual enemy through worship. When you sing, it's a heavy stone in the head of Satan. Because he put you in this kind of thing. When you start worshiping, he's shocked. But people, they don't understand. When something happens, they close their door and cry. But when you start worshiping God, the atmosphere is amazing. Also, open haven. So it's totally no space for Satan to attack you again and again. And... Not only was Satan shocked, the guards were shocked that, that you're in the shipping yeah, container singing. Yeah. What was their response? But they know the military. Before they go to war, they sing. They know the power of, of song. song. What was the, the hardest time or the lowest point during your imprisonment? What was the hardest thing to try to get through? Yeah, the hard thing is to stay for 10 months with my mental ill woman. Now they, and just for our listeners, what they did is they locked Helen in a shipping container with a woman who was badly mentally ill and and off of her medication. And so she would attack Helen. She would scream and shout at all hours of the day and night. So how did you, Helen, how did you get through those 10 months? First, when she tortured me, pulled my hair or many things. So I say, God, what can I learn from this? 
because you can't ask God why you did this for me. He's such a loving God. That's why he died on the cross. So it's very silly to ask this kind of question. But I'm saying, what can I learn from this? So it's come word from Abraham. Abraham, he traveled from Philistine to Moria to sacrifice Isaac. He decided to sacrifice his own son. So why not um, sacrifice my comfort zone? So I decide to stand by faith. Doesn't matter what it cost, because everything costs you price. When you buy a bread, it costs you price. When you buy a car, it costs you price. Also, when you follow Jesus, it costs you price. Everything costs price. The next time you and I are in a tough situation, I hope we'll remember those words from Helen Berhane. She chose to sacrifice her comfort to embrace God's will and she discovered the power of worshiping and singing, even in the dark, even in a dark place. That's something that we can do when we're tempted to complain about the situation that God has placed us in. We're reviewing some of the most powerful moments from 2018 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Like Helen Berhane, Bonnie and Gary Witherall also chose to sacrifice their comfort for the sake of the gospel. That doesn't mean they acted sour or that they didn't have the joy of the Lord. In fact, just the opposite. When they met, Gary remembers Bonnie's joy. One day it was raining in Chicago. It's one of my good memories. She ran out into the middle of the street and started dancing. She was wearing a black dress, very beautiful, and it was a fun moment. And, uh, and I said, what are you doing? You know, and she was like, I'm just happy. I'm celebrating life, you know. Gary and Bonnie got married and decided the greatest thing they could do together was share the joy they had discovered in Christ with others around the world. We entered into marriage already focused on giving our lives for the gospel. They moved to Lebanon and worked among Palestinian refugees. And they were there on September 11, 2001, when planes crashed into the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. I ran across the street. My heart was pounding to this kind of internet cafe. And there was a TV, and there's probably about 60 people all looking at this TV and seeing these images. I ran across the street again up towards my house, and my friend said, Gary! And they're all happy. Everyone's happy. And, and I ran up to, we lived in an apartment, and Bonnie was just sitting there looking at the TV, weeping. And as I walked in, the second plane hit that second tower. And I tell you, it freaked me out. And then I started hearing cars honking up and down the street and all through the night. It was a time when we were getting phone calls saying, do not leave your house. As the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan unfolded, it became increasingly dangerous for Gary and Bonnie. One day, Gary got a call to come to the clinic where Bonnie served as a nurse. When he arrived, it was obvious that the clinic had been attacked. The police told him, that his wife had been shot and killed. I was laying there, and I was waiting to die. And, um, and then the Lord spoke to me in this. I mean, I'm not into this, and I don't necessarily say that this happens all the time. But in this moment, the Lord spoke to me. Gary, a seed has been planted in your heart, and this seed will grow and it's going to grow from anger to hatred, or it's going to grow from forgiveness to love. You need to choose. 
And that was the end. That was all. And, uh, and I started thinking about this, you know, I'm like, and thinking I'm about to die the whole time, right? So I'm thinking, yeah, I, I, I want to be able to forgive this, you know? And, um, and in, in my strength, I started going, okay, forgive. And I was going, well, that didn't work. I am really upset. <laughs> I am really, you know, I am. So you would say the words, but you wanted to feel forgiveness. Well, it's like my, my, my realization that I'm not forgiving, actually. And then I said it, okay, if I say it over and over, forgive, forgive, forgive. I mean, my tears, I, mean, it's, I was like, Lord, you know, everything's gone here. You know, how do I forgive this? And anyway, in this moment, I had this picture of looking through the eyes of Christ on the cross. Um, and in that picture, and I mean, I can still, it's, it's, a, it's a photocopied in my head now, right. you know. But looking through the eyes of Christ on the cross, blood and tears coming down his face. And he's looking down at me. And in that moment, he says, um, Father, forgive him. Father, forgive him. And, and I realized probably the first time in my life, I'm forgiven. Everything. For everything. Everything. And uh, now why is it that God reveals that in that place? And I think that God reveals his wonder in our sorrow. And that's why Paul said, Lord, I want to know you in suffering. I want to even experience you in your death, you know. Not in a sense that we want to embrace, you know, like, you know, we're all going to be suffering, but it's in that nightmare that there's hope, yeah. or it's really bleak. Or it's really bleak. I mean, this is like as bleak as a situation could ever be. Losing your wife. I mean, honestly, you think of all the circumstances of life, right? And there you are, you know, um, and, and, I, and I sat in the room where she'd been shot and there's blood all over the place. I mean, there's nothing more bleak than losing your, the one you, you love. And I liked her as well. And, and, um, and that I wasn't able to protect her and, and, and I don't want to lose her. And it was a sort of these uh, tubes. She's dead and these tubes are like bleeding out of me. You know, I'm bleeding and I'm just thinking I don't want to be here anymore, you know, and, and this. Um, but this in this moment, the Lord's showing, Gary, I've forgiven you, you know. And 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 I realized, the like, actually there was joy. Isn't that crazy? There was a real joy in my life in that moment. And I said, Lord, you have forgiven me of all things. Today I forgive whoever killed my wife. And it came Fully, I mean, it was, I don't know, the spirit got on me, his arms around me. I don't know what it was. But from that day, and it's genuine. It's right. genuine. It's not like from that day to this day, I've lived in that victory of really knowing the power of forgiveness. And, and it is powerful. Gary Witherall has been telling us a powerful story of forgiveness. It's a theme that Brad Phillips also covered here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio earlier this year. Brad has worked for about two decades to assist persecuted Christians in Sudan. As we continue listening back to some of the most meaningful moments of 2018, Brad tells us the story of Morris, a church leader in the Nuba Mountains of Sudan. So Morris as a great and effective leader, has a lot of people that love him, and he's got a lot of people that are jealous of him and hate him. 
and he had um, a history with one of his neighbors who is a Muslim. You know, they, they had a lot of problems. There was a lot of jealousy. And one day he came home and he found out that his daughter, uh, and Morris has seven children, that his daughter, who is 18, um, had been attacked by his neighbor's son. She was physically assaulted and, you know, blackened and bloodied and bruised. And this man and his son were brought to court and found guilty of assault. And the charge was a certain amount of uh, Sudanese pounds. And of course, nobody has money there. And if he wasn't going to pay the fine, he was going to be in jail indefinitely until the fine was paid. And Morris, instead of uh, you know delighting in the judgment against his neighbor, saw an opportunity for the gospel. And he talked to his daughter and he said, you know, we have this opportunity to demonstrate the love of Christ. I can pay that fine if you'll let me. And so his daughter agreed and they paid the fine. And uh, if that were the end of the story, that would be enough. But uh, some months later, he came home after a long, long day and got home and his wife, Kabina, greeted him and she was distressed and upset and he knew something was wrong. She said, well, our little lamb that was just born was killed, and somebody killed it and threw it in the ditch. And Morris just said, oh, I'm so tired. I got to go to bed. And uh, he woke up the next morning. There is his neighbor, the one who he paid the ransom for. And he says, I couldn't sleep last night. So the man confessed, and Morris's response was, you know, I, I, I know you have a problem with me. I understand in a fit of rage how someone might do something like this, but why didn't you just bring this animal and we could have eaten it together? And, you know, from one point of view, uh, the story of Morris's faithfulness and his example of loving his enemies, the way he's discipled his yeah. kids, that's enough of the story. But you know, God is also working in that man's life and in his family's life and in the whole community. Everybody's watching. There are no secrets. They don't have the news and the internet and all this other kind of stuff to distract them every there. Everybody is just paying attention to everybody else's business. And so the opportunity for the spread of the gospel in a place like the Nuba Mountains is huge. Brad Phillips has been helping us understand the amazing opportunities for the gospel that open up when we choose to forgive and love our enemies. You can hear more from Brad by visiting vomradio.net, where you can listen to every previous episode of VOM Radio. Today we're reviewing some of the most powerful stories from Voice of the Martyrs Radio in 2018. So you're just hearing pieces of these interviews. And what I hope is that you'll visit vomradio.net and listen to the whole conversation with each one of these brothers and sisters. Now, the concept that Brad Phillips has just told us about, love your enemies, we all know that we're supposed to do that. But when you're in the middle of the conflict, is it really possible? Dan Bauman had to decide how to answer that question when he was in prison for sharing his faith. Dan is a gospel worker with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. He was serving in Turkmenistan, and decided to spend 10 days of vacation time exploring ministry opportunities in Iran. 
As he prepared to head back, though, Iranian authorities confiscated his passport and put him in prison. And I'll never forget the first day that I was taken, I was beaten by a man that would end up being the only man that would beat me every day. And so I just call him my interrogator. And it was the very first day when he was beating me. And again, there was no real sense of a reason why or a reason what was going on. And yet, on that day, I felt like God speak to my heart as he was beating me that, Dan, I want to teach you to love your enemies. <laughs> and I remember thinking, not now. Thank you. Because the reality was there was complete injustice of the moment. As far as politics go, I should see an embassy. I should have justices read to me. Why he was beating me was unknown. It was very much just a shady situation. What about my rights? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was my rights were being violated. My rights were being taken away for without any real reason. And so, yeah, love him. No, 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 no. I'll love other guys, but not this guy. And that's when I felt it strong again and again. Dan, I want to teach you to love your enemies. And I'll never forget when I was complaining almost to God, like, I can't do that. No way. This is too much not going to happen now. That I felt like God challenged me with another question, a statement. Dan, ask me what I think of him. And in that simple words came the reality that God changed the subject. And I love when God changes the subject. Because life was all about me, and yet at that same moment, there was something else going on, and that was what God thought and what God, how he cared for that man. So I stopped, and I'm like, okay, God, I don't understand, but what do you think of this man? And the love of God hit my heart. The love of God filled my heart. I began to realize that God did love this man, that he loved him forever. He loved this man. He loved his wife. He loved his kids. There was just one challenge, and it was that that man didn't know it. And the love of God hit my heart. And while I'm, this guy's beating you. While he's beating me, yeah. And so it was, yeah, this change of subject. Yes, I'm feeling terrible while he's beating me. But yet at that moment, taking a second to say, God, what is on your mind? What is on your heart for this man? And that's when it overwhelmed me. And I remember looking up to God, and this would happen over the period of weeks, saying the same thing over and over again, God, change my heart. And so I tried to step out in it, saying, God, help me love him, help me care for him. And something grew to where I started to actually care for him and care for him more. I was taken one day into his room. I said, sir, if I'm going to see you every day the rest of my life, why don't we become friends? And I remember him looking at me <laughs> and going, you're crazy. No, we'll never be friends. And as I said it, there was something inside that grew, like a boldness, like a strength. So I said it a second time. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's start today being friends. He goes, you're crazy. We'll never be friends. And so I said it a third time. And then I said this. I said, sir, no, let's change today and be friends. And let's start by exchanging names. 
that wasn't allowed. He wasn't allowed to tell me his name. My name was 58 because that was the number of my cell. And I stuck out my hand to shake his hand. And it was then that he froze. Then he starts to look around. And then he took his hand out of his pocket and he reached it towards me and he shook my hand. As he shook my hand, he squeezed it really tight, and he wouldn't let go. Then tears start to come down his face. And then he finally looks at me and says, Dan. And he called me by my name. He said, my name is Razak, and yes, I would love to be your friend. And the reality that there is no heart to heart for Jesus hit me. And he kept shaking my hand. He finally let go and he wiped the tears from his eyes. And I remember him looking at me and going, Dan, I'm so glad we're friends. And I'm like, yeah, me too. (laughs) And then he looks at me and goes, Dan, I can't get you out of here. I said, I know that. That's not your position. He said, yeah, I can't. But Dan, in the prison, I have some authority over the night guards. Is there anything you want in the prison? And I said, sure, I want a bigger cell. Why not? I've been stuck in a two-by-three-yard isolated cell. Why not have a bigger one? And he looked at me and said, okay, let me see what I can do. I never saw that man again in my life. But later that night, the night guards came to my cell and said, sir, we have orders to move you to a bigger cell. And I knew that God had changed that man's heart. Okay, the next time that you're in a disagreement with your spouse or your roommate or you're dealing with customer service on the phone or you're stuck in traffic, I hope that you'll remember this story from Dan Bauman. When you act with kindness in the name of Jesus, you may see an amazing change in the other person. But more importantly, you'll see a change in you. Dan Bauman wrote about his story in a book called Cell 58, and he also told it earlier this year here on the Voice of the Martyrs radio. We're listening again as part of our look back at some of the powerful stories that God has allowed us to share here on VOM Radio in 2018. To hear the complete conversation with Dan, visit vomradio.net and look through our archives. In fact, you'll find longer versions of all of the encouraging stories that you've heard today here on VOM Radio. Again, that website is vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to continue reviewing the most powerful moments of 2018. We're going to hear stories about what God's doing through his people in Sudan, China, Nigeria, and other places around the world. So please be back with us for VOM Radio next week. When we close out each week here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, we like to let you know how you can pray for persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. So today we're going to end by hearing from some of today's guests. They've seen persecution up close, so they know what kind of prayers are needed when you're going through that time of intense trial. Let's listen as they let us know how we can pray for our persecuted family around the world. Yeah, I think we should just continue to pray as far as the resourcing and discipling, especially of the leaders, because they have a big desire 
to be fed. In Hebrew 13, 3, it says, remember those in prison as your self there. That we would pray for their physical health. When one body suffered, the whole body suffered. That God would give them strength physically just to live. So we need to pray as we are part of them, part of our body. That he would give them food. Uh, we need to pray against the beating, that the beating would be less. These are very practical. For courage. To have strength. For their witness. Of course, praying that they would get out, but that God would give them hope and peace until that day. As things get easy for them, when the persecution subsides, we need to pray that they remain faithful and that they remember where they came from and how they got there. So we need to pray as we put ourselves in their persecution. And that he continues to, to bless the harvest. This is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.